Good morning. Uh, this morning's reading comes from Psalm 104, and beginning to read at verse 24. For those of you with church Bibles, it's on page 607 in the Old Testament. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things both large and small. There the ships go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you formed to frolic there. All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. This is the word of the Lord. So today we're going to be starting a new sermon series, as Dave said, looking at the Holy Spirit. Why don't you just uh, turn to somebody near you and tell them the first thing that comes into your mind, what you think of when you think of the Holy Spirit. 30 seconds, go for it. Hopefully we've all thought of something. Some of us might not have thought of anything. The word that might have come to us is mystery or unknown or does my head in. I haven't got an idea. You might be thinking about the spiritual gifts, some of the exciting ones like prophecy or tongues, dreams and visions. You might have said something along the lines of, you know, third person of the Trinity, God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Your understanding of the Holy Spirit might be a a bit like a a Dali painting. You know there's something really fascinating uh, about it, something really amazing about the person of the Holy Spirit, but you just don't have a clue what's going on really. Uh, And some explanation is needed for you to understand the Spirit of God. And so as Dave was saying, through this sermon series, we're going to be asking of God's Word, who is the Holy Spirit? And how does the Holy Spirit relate to you and I as whole life disciples of Jesus now in 2022? And I hope that our time here in church, online, and in our connect groups, if you're part of a connect group, we're not just going to grow a deeper understanding of the Holy Spirit, but we're actually going to get to know him deeper and actually know the transforming work and power of the Holy Spirit in each of our lives. So let's just pray as we continue. Father God, we thank you for your word And that as we open your word, we see the Holy Spirit through all the pages of Scripture. And that through these weeks, you would speak to us through your word. We would get to know your Holy Spirit more. We would understand uh, more of his work in the world and in our lives. Lord, help us to be open as a church, as individuals, as a world to what you want to do in us, how you want to transform us through the power of your Spirit today. Amen. So today uh, we're going to start our series by exploring an aspect of the Holy Spirit, which is often missed out, that the Spirit is creator and sustainer. 
And here in uh, Psalm 104, which John Talbot read absolutely superbly for us, uh, we see a clear parallel uh, with the creative narratives that we find in Genesis 1 and 2. It's worth just noting right at the beginning, right at the outset, that whether you believe in a six-day creation or that creation happened over millennia, whether you believe that creation took place exactly as described in the first three chapters of Genesis, or whether you believe that God caused a cataclysmic explosion which released energy to bring creation into being, theologians agree that the intention of the creation narratives is not actually to tell us the how or the why of creation, but the who. In the beginning, God created. Or in Psalm 104, the Lord wraps himself in light like a garment. In the beginning, God created. Genesis 1 and 2 and Psalm 104 are theological, not geological or biological or scientific explanations of creation. And it's clear to us that the Holy Spirit is present and active at creation from the beginning, overseeing and breathing life into all that is made. Three times he is present in, just in that first chapter of Genesis. Let's look at them. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And this word, this first word for God used in the Hebrew Bible, in the Hebrew, actually is in plural. Within this word for God is encapsulated the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, present at creation. And then Genesis 1 verse 2, now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God, named explicitly, was hovering over the waters. And then Genesis 1 verses 26, let us make man in our image. Again, you've got that implicit understanding that God is plural. The Holy Spirit is present and involved in creation. These verses point as much then to the creator as to the creation. So creation itself is an expression of the Spirit of God. Look at some of the verses uh, that were earlier than the reading we had today in Psalm 104. Verse 10, he makes springs pour water into the ravines. It flows between the mountains. The birds of the sky nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. God creates. The Spirit is involved in creation. I've created this sermon. You see something of me in the sermon. Max plays the guitar. You see something of Max in the way he plays the guitar. Jamie does stuff with tech <laughs> that I don't really understand, but it works incredibly, and he forms beautiful films. We see something of who Jamie is in the way he creates. So creation itself is an expression of the Spirit of God. Immense vistas and mountains and intricate detail. 
attention to big pictures and minutiae of color, contrast, similarity, something life-giving and sustaining, loving and compassionate we see in creation. Creation then takes us deeper into the story of God and so deeper into the story of the Holy Spirit. God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit are in creation and creation speaks of them. And so what about the Holy Spirit specifically? What is the Holy Spirit's role in creation, apart from what we've said? Well, first of all, the Holy Spirit is a person, not a thing or a force. A person who breathes life into creation. The first time that the Holy Spirit is explicitly mentioned in the Bible, as we've just seen, is in that introduction to the creative na- creation narratives in Genesis 1, verse 2. I'll read it again. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Hebrew word for spirit here is ruach which can be translated equally as spirit, wind, or breath. One commentator speaks of how the word ruach refers to God's outgoing energy, God's outgoing energy, creative and sustaining. Ruach, the spirit of God, the outbreath of God. I used to live in a house with a really large tree outside the front door. It was a bit scary sometimes because I thought, if that tree ever falls, that's it. You know, we're gone. Anyway, it didn't. Uh, And this tree was so tall uh, that I could stand outside my front door and I could feel no wind at all stood on my doorstep. But I could tell that the wind was starting to pick up because I could hear in the upper branches of that very tall tree, those branches beginning to sort of rustle. You know, the sound of leaves moving together. And then I'd look up and I'd see those top branches just starting to move. And there was something beautiful and incredibly powerful about the way the wind moved in that tree. There's something incredibly mysterious and powerful about the wind, the breath of God. Ruach Elohim, the spirit, the breath, the wind of God. It speaks of the energizing power of God as he hovers over the waters. And so the Holy Spirit is there at creation, involved overseeing things, breathing life, power, and energy into creation. The earth was empty and formless, devoid of substance. And like an empty canvas, the artist, paintbrush in hand, was hovering, about to bring that canvas into life. The Spirit of God enables creation to happen. He brings something out of nothing, orders chaos, and then breathes life into form. The Holy Spirit breathes life into creation. He is the giver of life. Before we go any further, I want us to just pause 
Where is there chaos or darkness or a void in your life? Or perhaps in a situation you know of or are involved in? You might be thinking of something deeply personal or maybe something global that has really got under your skin like the war in Ukraine. You might just want to close your eyes for a moment and hold that situation, that experience, that feeling of chaos or darkness or avoiding your life just before God in this moment. And as we sit, let's be aware of our own breath, breathing in and out. And in this moment, be aware of the Holy Spirit with you. As you breathe in, breathe in the breath, the life-giving creative power of the Spirit. As you breathe out, you might want to imagine the breath of the Spirit of God, breathing, giving life to some of the broken situations around you. Breathe in his life, his order, his peace. Spirit, we thank you that you are the breath of life. Amen. So the Holy Spirit breathes life. And then secondly, the second way that the Holy Spirit is specifically involved in creation is in the way that he continues to renew and sustain creation. Creation has occurred and creation is still occurring. And so the Holy Spirit's involvement continues. Now, I was faffing around with my hair this week. I do that. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if you could have a haircut and it just like lasted forever? And uh, you just always, it always looked fantastic. Like you just walked out of the hairdressers, you never needed a trim, you never get to my age and need your roots doing on a regular basis. Um, Wouldn't it be amazing if that was the case? But as we all know, it doesn't work like that. We have to have this ongoing involvement with our hair, uh, either ourselves or from our trusty hairdresser. We knew, we know in fact, that God did not just create and then leave his creation just to get on with itself. Watching from afar as people were given autonomy to gradually trash God's creation. Because through the whole of history, through the whole of Scripture, we see the Holy Spirit's ongoing involvement in creation. We see his love and his power and presence breaking through at different moments, bringing order, enabling renewal, sustaining restoration to happen. The psalmist captures this brilliantly in those, the last of the few verses that John read, uh, uh, Psalm 104, verses 27 to 30. The psalmist writes this, All creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When, they open your, when you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified 
When you take away your breath, they die and return to dust because breath sustains. And when you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. Now, some people might argue that God is only what we call transcendent. That means like above and beyond all else, set apart. And indeed, he is transcendent in that we can't plot his coordinates or locate him on Google Maps or place him in a particular era of time. So God is transcendent. But if we believe that he is only transcendent, then he must have created and then just left the earth to get on by itself. A well-known illustration of this is, uh, is that God is like a divine clockmaker who created the clock, wound it up, and then leaves it to get on by itself until eventually it stops ticking. He created in six days, rested on the seventh, and a few millennia later, he's still got his feet up. But that is not the God of Scripture or our experience After God's initial creative splurge, God rested, but he never stopped. The involvement of the Spirit of God shows that God is imminent, with an A, not an I. The people on the desk thought I'd got a spelling mistake, but it's a different word. God is also imminent. He is close It means he is active, he's involved, he's essential to sustaining creation and all life itself. And so the Spirit of God is seen here in Psalm 104 to be intimately involved in sustaining all he has made. In fact, his presence and involvement in the world world gives us life, the psalmist tells us. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. And so the spirit's presence renews life. Without him, creation turns to dust, the psalmist tells us. And so in his creating and sustaining work, we find that the spirit of God is transcendent and yet imminent. He is beyond all things and blows our imagination, and yet is powerfully present. Invisible, and yet we see the Spirit of God's fingerprints everywhere. We see uh, the Spirit of God in the intricacy of a snowflake. The stars are like the signature in in, in the sky. We see his fingerprints and intimacy in the very fact of life itself. I love the way that uh, theologian Keith Warrington captures the transcendence and imminence uh, and the creativity of the Holy Spirit in these words. He is in the world and he surrounds it. He has created it and he will conclude it, energizing all he created to achieve his designed end, watching it from a distance but also intimately involved in its progression. He is its designer, its mechanic, its architect, and its structural engineer, its friend, and its God. And so this very fact that we see in the Spirit of God, that God is transcendent and imminent, gives me hope. And it gives me incredible reassurance 
Because even as we face uh, challenging global issues, issues of climate change, refugees moving en masse across the world, wars caused by humanity, even as we face things in our own lives that might be causing us immense suffering, that might be causing deep pain or trauma, things that feel out of control in our relationships, we can know that the Holy Spirit is both creator and sustainer, transcendent and imminent, the mighty one, and yet not constrained by time and space, beyond the laws of nature, and yet intimately involved at work in the world and in our lives. He is sustaining, he's renewing creation. And in the same way, he renews our hearts and our lives, even the broken places of our lives, when we give ourselves and surrender ourselves to him. He has the power to restore and renew. And yet he also loves us intimately, coming along, alongside us, drawing us to himself, holding us close, breathing new life into the withered and depressed places of this world and our lives. And so the Holy Spirit is mighty, and yet comes close. He breathes his renewing, refreshing love and power into our lives. He's the one who can bring light even into the darkest and most chaotic places of this world and our lives. And so we need the Holy Spirit. He's our life source. And so as we go through this sermon series, we're going to discover more of the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to end with this quote from Charles Spurgeon. He says this, Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are as ships without the wind, branches without sap, and like coals without fire. We are useless without the Spirit. I'm going to hand over uh, to Dave and the band who are going to lead us in prayer.